0: How are you doing? Welcome to podcast number 17. I hope you're all well. Um, to touch and go really whether I would get round to doing this podcast this week. Life is very busy at the minute and with the increasing pressure of the growing mileage in the marathon training runs, um, time is very short. And just to prove what drastic measures I'm taking... Um I thought to gain me a bit of time this week, I've actually stopped going on Facebook for a while. Um Last year, I did break my phone, so I was without it for a couple of days, and I realised then how much time is taken up just scrolling through. So, um yeah, earlier part of this week, I thought, right, just for a week or two, till I get caught up with everything and that, I'm just going to go off Facebook. I might go on perhaps every morning just see whose birthday tis and that. But apart from that, if I get a notification, obviously, I'll see what that's about. But um, if you put something on and I've ignored it, um, I ain't being a funny beggar or nothing, it's just that I am seeing it. As far as the training goes, I think one of the hardest bits is trying to think where I'm going to run. I don't usually get out till about 8 o'clock in the evening, it's cold and dark and... Um, I always try to think, well, where am I going to go tonight? And um, during the weekdays, it's always the same old route, which gets a bit boring, really. I, I do have the chilli peppers in my ear blaring away. But um, last Sunday, we did go and d- did a coastal run. And we parked up at New Poles F and we run along the coast over to Bray Hill and back again. The weather was brave and rough, to be honest. There was a few heavy showers, and there weren't many of us out on the cliffs. But um, I was running back with Beth, and who should we meet but dear Roger and Shirley Borden? So I stopped my stopwatch and just had a quick yarn with they, and then off again. And coincidentally, just a few days later this week, we was conducting a funeral at Tower Dreath, And who should be there but Roger? Now, I've always thought a lot of Roger, always got on well with him, but I am starting to change my opinion of him because while we was there, he did start this scandalous rumour, slanderous to us, that um, I was trailing a little bit behind Beth in the running. Now, if I would thought quick enough, I could have said that um, I'd actually given Beth a couple mile head start and i'd obviously clawed me way back but um obviously there may not be any truth in that at all but i've decided that that's now my story and i'm sticking to it so um as you can imagine being born here and living here all my life every week we'm caring for families of people that we know and the last few weeks have been no different really um the one thing that's been a really weird coincidence is the involvement and also the people that we've been caring for who were ex-teachers of mine here in Wadebridge from when I was going to school. We sadly conducted two funerals of ex-teachers uh, another funeral was the husband of a, an ex-teacher. And I must admit, it was lovely to see the widow. I hadn't seen her for, well, I would say decades, but it was sad that it had to be under this occasion in this situation. And then I'd just seen so many teachers that have been tending those funerals and different ones, giving eulogies, reading tributes, or just being there in the congregation. And through all of this. I think that's what gave me the idea this week, just to do a, a little podcast. As I said, I've been a bit under pressure, but um, I thought I'd just do a short one this week, and I was going to do it on my primary school years here in Weybridge. Actually, before I start, I I will say also that I have seen quite a few old school recently as well, and um, we had quite a A close little group. When we was going through school, we went right the way through, even a lot of us up through St Austell Sixth Form. But then a big chunk of them went away up to university, and I think hardly any of them ever come back. So it's been nice to see them as well over the last few weeks. So I think first of all, I did go to playgroup, and that was down at Brooklyn, which is just down the bottom of Glen Road right next there where the Weybridge doctor's surgery is now. I'm sure I can remember they had a big white rockin' horse there that was in the building. Uh, can't remember much about it at all, but apparently me and Sally Chapman used to get married every week and her cousin Louise was the bridesmaid, apparently. But I um, can't remember much else about it apart from that. And then the next thing, we went on to the girls' school. Now, I always get funny looks when um, I tell people that we went girls' school. But, of course, the proper name of the school was the Weybridge Junior Girls and Infant School. And us boys, we was the infants. So, me first teacher was dear Vicky Robertson. Thought the world of her. Lovely teacher. And, of course, her son Stuart is still here locally got the jeweller's shop here in Moulter Street and also one up in Lansom. And somebody else who I was very fond of was one of the teaching assistants and that was Barbara Pokenorn. So back then I couldn't really pronounce Pokenorn, so um, I started calling her Mrs P and that's something that stuck with us and we got very close, actually, our families and Barbara's families, so... Um, we used to go out as families over the weekends in the summer and everything, and um, had some good happy memories. One year I didn't enjoy quite so much was the last year we was there. Obviously, we weren't there that long, because when we were seven, we went up to the boys' school. But in the last year, um, for our year, they did an experiment. They took um, what they thought was six of the brightest boys and they put us uh, a year above in with some of the slightly older girls. Now, how I got in with that group, I ain't too sure, uh, but I didn't really enjoy that. We was with Miss Cridland, and whether I was out of my depth or no, but um twin the happiest of years, I don't think, really. And, of course, I think half the trouble was I, later on in life, in my school life, boys' school, the comp and sixth form, I always liked the social side of being at school, but um, I think I only ever did as much work as I really had to just to get by, and uh, that might have had something to do with that. But one thing that really stuck in my mind about this final year had everything to do with a dragonfly. So just to give you the background, as many of you would know... um. Opposite the little hill or slope going up to the girls' school was Orkey's Garage. And back then, it was a brave old um, business in Bridge. um where Bridge End is, where we had our funeral home, our chapel rest. Originally, they had petrol pumps outside of there. And down in the yard, I think there was toilets years ago, and people would cycle in from perhaps St Mimberway or out in the outlying villages and they'd leave their push bikes down in the yard while they went to the cinema or whatever and I did hear a story that um, dear Wally Din's father used to work there and um, he would come out with the petrol pump and I heard that um, perhaps Sir John Molesworth would be coming along the road and he toot his horn and out would be Wally's father there ready to put the petrol in the car well next door to that there was the Another uh, bit where Bridge End Garage have been for many years. And I did hear that when Orkies had a hearse, which they used to hire out, that one was there in the window that you could see. And next door to that is the old, what was the Legionall, um, which is now Flats. And then next to that again was Stan Brendan's Fish and Chip Shop. And then again to his and at the top of the slope, from when I can remember, it was like the um, spare parts shop kind of thing. And I can remember when I started with Father and that, there was dear Peter Moray and Harold Island used to be in that shop. And then you go down the slope and in the slope right in front of me was a little kind of hut and that's where Father's office was. And then you just go around and you'd have the spray booth and then the workshop where the mechanics worked. And then further on from that again, you had the, the bungalow, and then the house at the end, just before the the putting green, which the Hawkey family lived in. On a side note, I know also they had the garage up um, opposite the police station there, where um, they used to have car sales and everything like that as well. I was trying to think how many names I could remember of the people that was working there when Father worked there. Um, I'm bound to miss loads out, but I can remember Dick Strout, Fred Warren, Sid Rosevear, um, John Dyke, John Philp, um, Arvy May. And just after Father left, I think you had youngsters join, maybe like Kenny Lane and Chris Parkin as well. And then... Of course, Alistair Cody was my year at school, but he joined there as well. And I say, I think, obviously, Bill Deacon was another one, but I know there's there's a lot that I have missed out. But that's, that's the ones that come to mind um, initially. Oh, and another one, I'm sure Godfrey Worden as well. So with Orkies being right opposite the school, Father used to drive me there every morning, and then he'd park down in Orkies, and... I got stuck in my mind, I can remember once, we was running late, and Father was a bit teasy about this, because he knew what would happen, and um, we just got over there by the Swan, by the level crossing, and I can remember the gates being down, waiting for the train, now, I'm sure the passenger side of the railway had shut me then, so... The only thing I can think of is that it was something to do with a a goods train. I don't know. But I remember we were stuck there at the level crossing, which obviously made us even later than ever. So at the end of school every day, either mother would walk over and pick me up or I would go across the road and go down in father's office. And I can remember one day, um, I can't remember whether it was John Philp or Fred Warren, to be honest, but one of them come to me with this little plastic container with a see-through top, and inside was the most fantastic-looking dragonfly you'd ever seen. And they'd found it. It had um, died somewhere on the riverbank, I suppose. I don't know. And they found it there just lying, so they, they picked it up, and they come and give it to me as a present. Now, I was over the moon with this because it looked fantastic. And um, But Father had this good idea... He said, what you want to do is go and take it and see Miss Cridland and show her, and then obviously bring it back home again. And this is where it all went wrong. Obviously, I was going just to show her and then bring it back, but when I went and give it to her, she got the wrong end of the stick and thought that I was giving it to her as a present, and I never saw that dragonfly again. I reckon I had it less than 24 hours, and... Um, Well, I'm not bitter about it now, as you can imagine, ish. So when we left the girls' school, we then went to what was known at the time as the big boys' school. And that was the Weybridge Junior Boys' School, and that was going up West Hill. Now, this was a fantastic little school. Loved it there. There was only four years. Um, Nick Kambelic was the headmaster, and in year one we had Bob Simpson. And then year two, Mrs. Barnes. I can't remember her Christian name, to be honest. Um, Year three, Beth Warren. And then Arthur Arison in year four. Uh, And then in the office, the secretary was Mrs. Kingdon. And I always remember the treat every year, because it was a sky off lessons for a few hours. We Two or three of us at a time would go in the office with her And she'd have this black card with holes in and we'd thread kind of, um, well, thick cotton or something through to make patterns. And that would make calendars that we'd then take home end of the year. And I say that was a good little skive, really. So the first day of school, uh, mother said, uh, she took me up to the gate and she said, I'll meet you at the gate, ready to walk home. And I said, don't you dare. And um, she never walked me again. Um, but um, also I remember being at the gate in and out, um, having a chat with all us young boys, a lovely chap, dear old Fred Luke, he would be up there too. So it was a pretty basic school, really. I remember the toilets was outside, and quite often they'd freeze over in the winter, and of course it didn't have a canteen, so every dinner time the whole school would walk over in the crocodile, as we called it, um, 2 be 2 over to the girls' school for the canteen for dinner. But you didn't have to. If you didn't want school dinners or whatever, you could go home. And this is what I did. So I'd walk home every dinner time up the Glen Road, have me dinner, come back. And I can't remember how long the dinner time was, but um, when you got back, you had uh, quite a bit of time still to play in the playground as well and uh, play football or whatever. So it was good times. The other time you'd walk over to the girls' school was in the summer uh, because they had an outdoor swimming pool there. So this would be a, another walk across the bridge, up, have your swim, and then back again. As well as the swimming pool, um, they had lovely grounds up at the girls' school. I think it's nearly all pretty much built on now. Uh, in fact, going back to when I was there, I remember once at sports day, we had the running race, and I was in the lead. And I was near the finishing line, and like an idiot, I looked over my left shoulder to see if anybody was close to me, and there was not but by the time I looked back, one of my best mates at the time, Matthew Tiplady, had overtook me on the right-hand side. So I did learn a valuable lesson that day, which I'll never forget. At the boys' school, we had loads of area to play in as well. We could play marbles there. You had um, tarmac area down by the school then you had um, a quite a big-sized area, like a football pitch, where you could play football. And then up above that, you had the main football pitch. And up above that, again, you had the training pitch. And the school was very much sport-orientated, definitely football. Fantastic place to go school, really. And one game that we used to play there in the playground, which we wouldn't really love to, was Bulldog, or as some people call it, British Bulldog. And I expect you all know all about it. You'd have one person stood in the middle and then everybody else down one end of the playground, and the object of the game was to get from one end to the other, and Mehdi in the middle just had to stop somebody. And whoever he stopped had to stay with them then, so that's two of them. And then the others would run back the other way, and, of course, they had to try and stop people again. So then the the winner that came was the one that was last. And uh, it was quite a daunting sight initially to be by yourself there in the middle to see this uh, gang of boys running towards them. But then it reversed. Come the end, it was quite daunting to just be one of two or three running towards the whole school. So on one occasion, I'd successfully got past the ones in the middle just getting up down by the wall and running behind me was me dear mate Adrian Allan and he accidentally just caught me foot and caught cool, I head butted the wall in front of me I scattered the heller I did there was blood everywhere and I had to go down to the doctors to have stitches and at the time I had to go Wade Bridge. We was actually under Port Isaac Doctors, but at that time they didn't have a surgery in Wadebridge so um, whenever we was poorly we'd have to go out to Port Isaac but um, I was rushed down to Wadebridge doctors and they rushed me in and give me stitches in me forehead and I can remember at the time me nan was in the waiting room there and she she'd come in she didn't know I was there and she said to somebody she was sat next to what's all the delay today we're running behind and they said, Oh, dear little boy coming here just now, blood all over him. And of course, when I come out, it was her little soldier uh, come out. But um, yeah, poor old age, he didn't do it on purpose. But it um, was one of many times in my life when I've scat head. Um, me head. Don't feel we with much confidence for uh, me memory in years to come, but that's something that I'll always remember. Well, hopefully. So. The girls' school um, was made, I think, divided into two kind of houses now, semi-detached, and I think most, if not all, of the grounds up behind have been built on. And the boys' school going up West Hill, well, that's still there. That's been made into little apartments. And then on the grounds up behind it and the field behind is St Breoc's school now, so that's all in the, the same area so I think that'll be about it for this week really. I'm sure um, hopefully in podcasts to come I'll think of more memories of me primary school days and then I'll be able to, to talk about um, when we went up to the comprehensive and also on to sixth form. Uh, but um, I've now got to just get sorted and then go out for tonight's run. It is uh, only three mile tonight and then I've got a rest day tomorrow, but I think I might go for a cycle tomorrow. And then the following day is a six-mile run, which will increase every week now um, as the time goes on until we get to the marathon. But um, I was in Glen Valley actually this week and speaking to Karen there, the manager, lovely English maid. But she did say to me the one thing she did like was learning all the Cornish words and how to pronounce them and everything. And she said perhaps I could do a word a week or something like that. So I thought perhaps I might have a go. Um, My Cornish in in the best, really. I know odd snippets. I did intend learning it years ago, but um, it's quite a difficult language, really. And I I got a little way along, but um, I did give up. But um, obviously every podcast when I say Deith da, well that means good day there you go. hello and also in a minute I'll say Dugennis, which is goodbye so perhaps if I remember I will do an odd word in and out I did say to Karen um, one I did say was which is you idiot but uh, obviously I wouldn't refer to her when I said that but um, that's perhaps the words for this week but um, I'll leave you with that thought anyway and hope you have a good week and um, wish you well. Speak to you next week. Do